0: um just go there and search for adam swim silly that's adam swim silly sci all donations greatly appreciated thank you for helping me to support calm and now on with monkey tennis
1: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
3: Hi listeners, Tom Stab here, the host of Monkey Tennis. Just a quick note before we crack on with the second part of our Scissor Dile special to remind you about our live show on the 22nd of November at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. We're going to be dissecting and celebrating Knowing Me Knowing you All Granted, about a month before Christmas, but we like to get into the holiday season early, so why not come along? Tickets are available now at postpoppodcast.com slash monkeytennislive. As a bonus, we're also going to be joined by Simon Michael the Geordie Greenall for a Q&A session. So if you're planning on coming down, get your questions ready. One more thing before we get on with the episode. If you've been enjoying the series so far, why not log on to iTunes and give us a review? Five stars. And write us a little review. It really does help and we would really appreciate it. And now, on with the episode.
4: Monkey Tennis? One part. Monkey tennis? You're a packing. This is an ecstasy palette. Google it! Monkey tennis? Basically, beef tea. Monkey tennis? Or, what is a trolley man but a shepherd of the town? Monkey tennis? A better, more sought-after broadcaster. Seldom a pedigree chump. Although he only eats boiled eggs. Monkey tennis?
0: Hello friends and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Today we're going to be tackling Scissor Isle yet again in part two of our Scissor Isle special. Uh, those of you that tuned in last week will have heard us on stage at MCM Comic Con in Manchester, but there were quite a few tidbits and important factoids that we didn't get through. Uh, so I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom
1: Dark. You sound like you're slapping the pavement with two pieces of ham. Nick Alder. China happened. And Tom Stab. <laughs> <laughs> very good so um, I mean we enjoy doing those intro quotes even if nobody <laughs> yeah, else yeah, does yeah, that's, yeah. that's what
0: really it's matters my favourite bit of the podcast
1: <laughs> can we finish now
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we'd fight we'd be doing it in a room on our own if we didn't have microphones so uh, there's some key points about this episode one thing I, I wanted to start with was uh, the way that the Radio Times uh, advertised this show yeah. tell us more the documentary sees Alan spend time with the people of Manchester who he talks about as if they're an RSPCA dog that badly needs adopting <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing.
0: That's yeah. a, a quote I'm quite glad I didn't have to use on stage s- in
1: Manchester. Someone at Radio Times having absolute free reign with the editorial there, because that's not like that's in a bit of blurb about the show that they've been yeah, sent yeah, by yeah. A PR. is Who it? Who signed this off? Yeah, that's They're not Murph.
0: quoting Alan's words. No. Yeah. Genuinely, <laughs> Is it because they... It
1: I mean, do people read the Radio Times? Who reads the listings on Radio Times? Uh, uh, it's
0: old people, isn't it?
1: Can we can we do a quick fact check on the circulation of Radio Times? I think you'll be flabbergasted at how many people still buy yeah. it Oh, do you know the answer so, then? No, no. Can we do a fact check? Oh, okay. No. I think
0: it's personally I think it's in the toilet but it wasn't that long ago that it was in massive numbers okay
1: producer Jed is rapidly typing which is good because he's not allowed I to I can talk. tell you it it would have sold oh we're going live to some research uh, okay so the circulation is that per month then? yeah that'll,
0: that'll be per so month so it's oh, basically no, 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 that's week, it's sold weekly that'll be come weekly. on Tom the audience are on 10 so
1: 685,000 copies what? a week wow. I
0: can, I can yep. tell you now though that is going to be skewed because the Christmas Radio Times oh, sells so yes. many yeah, also so
1: You're listening to the Radio (laughs)
3: Times podcast. I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we want to go, but I actually visited the Radio Times website today to check a TV listing. I I go on the the website quite a bit, to be fair. (laughs) I love how this is going. This is brilliant. Let's (laughs) just talk about this for an hour. Uh, so moving on
0: you started it pal I know sorry Um, I read an interview with Steve Coogan about this what in the Radio
1: Times no not in the Radio Times (laughs) you should read the Radio Times more mate 685,000 other people do Uh,
0: so uh, he he basically said of this episode uh, talking about self-shame and Alan sort of buying into that Mm. like you know self-shame documentary there's a trend for people to really self-flagellate if I'm pronouncing that correctly uh, because they think it shows humility so Alan's take on this was rather than not mentioning what he'd done he would gain points for it in being prejudiced he saw an opportunity to spin it in Pe- his favour pegedist pegedist sorry but um, Easy the way this is written up they then follow that by saying sums up Coogan 50 with a laugh and I thought is that a deliberate nod to uh, Lynn 50 by the journalist uh, I reckon so, so yeah yeah surely good Alan points was that, uh,
1: was that an article from The Independent in May two thousand? I believe it was we're, by, we're drawing yes, from the same I have the, the exact <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exa- same quote here did
0: he then go on to say we're very careful about this we won't do bullying comedy which is picking on people which are genu- mm-hmm, genuinely yep. weak and dispossessed or in some way genuinely victims. We leave that to the old presenters of Top Gear. Sick burn, Cougar. Ooh, <laughs> <Johnson> <laughs> for in your burn. face, Clarkson. What, what's the next key point that we didn't get time for in Manchester last time?
3: Uh, well, I just had the... It kind of opens, obviously, with Alan uh, in a brilliant tie and cardigan combo. Classic Alan. Yes. Um, he says that uh, he was interviewing some teenagers and was very much on their level. Cut to Alan saying he's just played the Funky Gibbon by the Goodies. Now uh, he wants to get a bit of anarchy in the house. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh yeah, and it's our, you know, obviously the Goodies. One of them was Bill Oddie. It's been a while since we've had a Bill Oddie reference, so straight in there, right uh, at the beginning. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think he's basically playing that for his pal to get some uh, get a royalties? Bit of a sweet PRS money on, on the go? Sweet
3: little side job. Yeah. Um So uh, I had a little bit of research on Funky Gibbon, the song. Would you like to know some Funky Gibbon facts more well, than spend, anything? Yeah.
1: Since we spent five minutes talking about the radio
3: type. I don't see why we shouldn't talk more about this. Well, this is actually relevant. Um, oh, yeah. So <laughs> it was released in February 1975. It's currently got 50,000 plays on Spotify. I thought it would be a few more than that, but obviously not. Uh, entered the UK singles chart uh, at number 37 in 1975 and was there for 10 weeks, peaking at number four. So, actually, a top five single mm. um, and a genuine hit. Yeah, genuine hit. And uh, it was re released in November 2010 to raise funds for the International Primate Protection League's Save the Gibbon appeal. Oh. <laughs> I have zero recollection of that. Yeah, well, that, that what that, what that, a heartwarming human by, interest story.
0: Unfortunately. I don't know if anyone's got anything running up to this, but uh, the point where Alan uh, is, is on the streets doing a, a very public apology, I thought was quite funny. We didn't get. Oh,
1: yeah, because he's, he's got a sandwich board. Like, he's yeah, massively yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: overdoing it for the benefit of the cameras. He's got a sandwich board that says, yeah. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And then on the back, for more information information visit <laughs> alanpartridge.com did anyone so else see that clearly he has some awareness that uh, that people don't actually know that he's made this supposed gaffe and he's yeah. he's sending them to his website to find out more about it I'm confident he could walk the streets of Manchester as well and wouldn't be pestered or anyone would speak to him. Yeah, He, he needs to approach people. People don't approach him.
1: But I mean, it's exactly like the independent article that you were quoting uh, a minute ago. It's that whole thing, that self-flagellation thing, um, like thinking it shows humility, but then he's actually just using it as a promotional opportunity. Like, yeah. that's that's a, It's exactly what you'd expect Alan to do in this situation. Yeah. Also, surprisingly, at,
3: at the point of recording, there is no website on alanpartridge.com it is available or someone's uh, someone's I cyber squatting on it my
0: birthday's coming up so if anyone wants to buy it for <laughs> us as a gift
3: what i
1: actually think it is is that someone is just squatting on that name and no one is taking advantage of it yeah that's quite surprising really Probably. um i was just going to just to skip back slightly uh, has anybody seen the episode of mid morning matters series 2 that this uh, uh this anarchy is taken yes. from yes yeah um yes. so the kid martin uh he He agitates Alan a bit more than you see in Scissor Isle. So all the kids are in the studio earlier in the episode and he's like throwing things at the back of Alan's head. So so alan was provoked alan was alan was provoked so See, we're, get, we're only getting a snapshot of this we're yeah,
0: getting and yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm surprised view. that alan wouldn't include that because he'd want to put himself in the best possible light
1: yeah think. he they just they just focus on the uh sheep comment so
0: <laughs> fair enough whatever, whatever works can, uh, can uh, people who've seen that episode of uh mid-morning matters is there any run-up as to why he's being accused of uh, of bestiality with a sheep bestial filth yeah because he's i mean not to not to Um, play on cultural stereotypes but he's he's not from any part of the uk that's traditionally suffered from a negative stereotype involving
1: i nothing that springs to mind but i'm sure somebody will get in touch to tell us if i'm wrong um but i don't always get in touch i don't know if there is anything earlier in the series i haven't watched that whole series yet to be honest so it's possible um another thing i wanted to check was
0: had anyone had any concept of the phrase scissor dial Before this, no, very good question. No, I went on. I went online thinking that you know perhaps it was uh, it was a a bastardization of a well-known phrase, but I don't think it was a phrase before he coined it, and that led me to think it's one of those things that he would have spent a good good afternoon coming up with, and then very satisfied that he'd managed to sum up the state of the nation in a phrase that he's made. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't wasn't the original idea for the show to be a bit more of a north south divide, whereas it is. It kind of it starts on that thread, but it kind of loses. Yeah, it and well, in. I
1: think that's possibly probably quite deliberate because yeah, when he when he lays out the intentions for this uh, this journey he's going to take, there isn't actually any. Inv- well, like I guess his point, Alan's point of view is that he is from the rich south and he's visiting the impoverished north, mm. so the north south divide kind of exists purely based around. His his experience, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I, there there isn't like really any comparison between what goes on north and no. what goes on south. I also wondered if it's something where
0: he thinks he's come up with a snappy phrase, but actually it's got a double meaning he's not aware of. So he thinks "scissored aisle" as in it's divided, it's been cut by scissors. But "scissored" presumably could be a reference to "scissor sisters" and basically women <laughs> women making love to one another. Uh, and so he's sort of he's a he's, tangent I'd not considered. No, to <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I also, you might be the only one there. I, just I also think it, had not thought. I just that. think my. Have a, 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 a slightly lewd context that he's not thought of. Keep, keep in, developing this thought. Well, I'm, I'm keen okay. to see where You go. All right, Should fine. Uh, also, <laughs> in the in the same way that in Alpha Papa, he's like, "Oh, Pat's tugging me off." Oh, no, not like that. You know, I imagine it's 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 a misunderstanding along those lines. Got Basically,
3: I'm heading to open Dictionary live.
1: Talk about yourself. I'll, I'll, okay. I was also going to say about the title Scissor Isle. I remember when they announced that this show was happening uh it was in the midst of kind of all the kind of brexit campaigning happening in the uk so i did wonder was the show going to be a bit more about that kind of that kind of division in terms of a left and a right, in, yeah. as, instead of a north and a south. Because
0: you get a lot of a lot of comedians in the run or oh, in the aftermath of Brexit said they either had to scrap material they had planned or yeah. they had a, yeah. an entirely yeah. different show that they've now had to make about Brexit. So yeah. maybe maybe but, that's because, it.
1: because I just remember reading a very small synopsis, quite possibly in the Radio Times. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> really, not really, not um, really. Yeah, just kind of saying like Alan investigates um, the divided nation sort yeah. of thing. So I, it wasn't clear from that very short summary exactly what tangent it was going to take and
0: speculation alert um we obviously talked a little bit about his return to the bbc next year and there's been some quotes that he'd be the voice of brexit i wonder if that's because they've got material planned for Scissor isle that
3: they've not been able to use yet I don't. I think no, that didn't I they? Don't... Didn't they say that they they need to write that show and they need to sort of come up with a reason why Alan would be on the BBC after his history with them? And they've kind of decided that it kind of makes sense. It as would a, be as a look... voice of that far right.
1: Exactly. View. Yeah. Yeah. Isle aired on the thirtieth of March, twenty sixteen, and I do think actually correction point. I think Stab had the wrong date.
3: Yeah, and I think we discussed that when doing the research for the show. There's some conflicting dates as to when Make this news. actually. Was broadcast.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when I got the viewing figures, that was based on the 30th of March, so that's definitely when it first aired. But yeah, if you look on the internet, there are conflicting dates. But anyway, it's 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 just that thing that obviously the sh- the show was shot and aired before the Brexit vote happened. So yeah, interesting that it could it could have gone that tangent. But maybe we will see some Alan later on into next year that does tackle that.
0: Uh, while we're touching on corrections as well, I should say that uh, live in Manchester, I may may have accidentally insinuated that uh, that somebody from the cast of Cheers once it uh, got <laughs> engaged in a uh, in a race issue on stage doing stand-up it was of course a member of the cast of Seinfeld yep. Cheers is a show that has stood the test of golden television time as has its spin-off Frasier which I regularly yeah. enjoy and, <laughs> and, and features
1: great. no racists it's very important to be clear on who the racists are and who the racists aren't that we know of yeah, that we know of <laughs> yes
0: um, any results on uh, Urban Dictionary for scissored or Cizzard Isle an absolute negative okay well just my wild theory then yep. um, has anyone got any notes before we get to the establishing Shots of Denton Abbey in Manchester. Or uh, well, Manchester.
1: well, I have I have notes about Denton Abbey. Really, yeah. Okay, let's crack on um, with that. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought um, something I didn't get time to really uh, get into was that I really loved this intro sequence where he's kind of coming out of the house, putting the bag in the car doing thumbs up because it's all it's all like these quick flash cuts like like an Edgar Wright film That's or exactly something exactly what I had yeah. in my but too. but they don't work like they're all out, they're all <laughs> out of sync yeah. they don't line up properly one is just like his th-
0: bum landing on a chair <laughs> yeah
1: like the, the, the thumbs up is repeated like three or four times No, no scratching yeah. And obviously in, in real world. Doesn't he check his tar- Like he checks, checks his watch oh, like twice. I yeah, have, yeah. 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 I've got so, notes about that. So I think it, I know where you go. Have, with that. You have a very deliberate continuity gag yeah. where the, the arms aren't right or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But, um, I, I thought, you know, yeah. So obviously in real world, that's a very deliberate gag. But I thought in Alan universe, as I'm choosing to call it, I think that perhaps the point is that it's a bit of a gag about pair pear tree productions being F- factual, a short factual arm factual, factual the, the factual offshoot of pear tree um yeah deliberately being basically really shoddy at editing and producing a it's, program. it's
0: evident that i mean not to skip ahead but it's evident no one's sort of watched this through in its entirety because shakira is basically <laughs> yeah. pixelated yeah. and yeah. then her face is revealed Unbi- so yeah. no one no one's watched it through no, presumably no. the exec producer which is basically alan and yep. co-director <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I'd actually—it's it's very
0: much Alan's hand over all of this, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, I, I had an interesting quote from the Gibbon uh, Neil of the Gibbons Brothers about this from that Independent article. The funky Gibbons um, Brothers, the, the Funky Gibbons Brothers, very good. Um, so he said Alan has such a lax attitude to quality control, he'd probably have pissed the editor off, so the editor would quite reasonably have left them in and been meaning bad edits to shaft him.
0: I see, and so Alan hasn't bothered to check them in yeah. the same way he didn't ever research his guests for no yeah, mean, which, which
1: you. is <laughs> is very plausible. Which yeah, also definitely. explains
0: why at the start of this Manchester scene he says good morning it's 8am while his watch reads 12.45 <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a great spot um, my, my thing about um, Denton Abbey was mainly how's he afford like where's no remember the mortgage has crippled him the mortgage has crippled him <laughs> yeah, he only needs a deposit but his house his <laughs> oh, yeah. name's on the deed yeah and there's also uh, it, yeah there's insinuation throughout that bit that, that, that somewhat people or peoples are trying to take it away from him yeah are there? I miss those. Yeah. What are those. Um, well, just the way that he's like Th- that. My name's on the deeds. Yeah. It's my As if he's yeah. arguing yeah, with yeah. A, with a person that's yeah. not <laughs> there.
1: Well, he's almost <laughs> arguing with uh, that voice in his head, isn't yeah. he? Yeah.
0: And it also uh, it, it also goes on to you know perhaps explain why he's had to make this documentary, ostensibly about nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, to try and make him a more in-demand, bro- a better in-demand broadcaster, so that he can basically some money. keep the mortgage payments up on Denton Abbey. Uh,
1: did anybody think that perhaps he has some kind of watch sponsorship deal as well? Because uh, the watch features very prominently in these Denton Abbey kind of setup scenes when he's getting into the car. But haven't we established that a lot of his sponsors have pulled out or want to reduce fees? <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, yeah, well, that that is true of the three that he names. But maybe this is one and that he retained.
3: Yep very true. Um
0: anything else in Manchester or shall we move to Tesco?
1: Well I, I was just thinking actually when we were talking about the the A board saying I'm so sorry etc A board sandwich board I'm not yep. sure. Um I, I did wonder, is there more footage around that? I'd like to see more of Alan on the streets trying to basically beg for forgiveness. That'd be quite interesting to see. I feel like there's probably a lot of Cesar Isle that didn't make it to the final TV show. I'd
0: also love to know if that is uh, Steve Coogan in character amongst the genuine people of Manchester or whether it's uh, it's all actors <coughs> and extras. He's on a soundstage yeah. in, like... <laughs> Manchester.
3: <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> it's worth no, it's worth maybe just noting that there isn't a huge amount of sort of outtake and B roll footage of Partridges. There, I mean, there's bits, but like, there's certainly not well, as not, much as a not, lot of other sitcoms. Not, not for comedies. this.
1: They, I think there, there's a lot for I'm Alan Partridge. For I'm Alan Partridge, I
3: remember there's quite a bit for just sort of the the first series, but the second series not so much. Certainly not. I would like to say I reckon there's a lot that got left on the cutting room floor mm. that they
1: well, could there have Well, there were there um, were add on Alan, so there mm, were yeah. sequences that were kind of about ten to fifteen. Minutes long on the VHS's, which I'm sure are on the DVDs as well, but I just remember them been like a big extra logo on the packaging like 10 minutes of add on Alan basically what I want is smeg ups but for Alan Partridge oh, Yes, <laughs> would buy what what would that? stream okay. for free on Netflix so there's smeg ups there's smeg outs <laughs> yeah. if there's
0: an Alan version what's it called we're, s- we're swerving into red dwarf territory <laughs> for people who haven't understood the uh, reference I'd probably suggest either balls ups or ruddy tits
1: yeah that uh or maybe uh, uh how about crash bang wallop what a balls up something Lo- like that lovely stuff very yeah.
0: good would buy winner I think yep. the reason there isn't more of that footage available is because Uh, the people who make Alan Partridge have uh, the the opposite view of uh, quality control that Alan himself does in that they don't get anything out unless they're happy with it even if it's kind of bloopers.
1: Because like like the Alan and Michael... Uh, chocolate on the oh, that is uh, chocolate that's mousse cold. bloopers like that's yeah. quite famous isn't it yeah, so yeah. there are definitely bits of that which Oh, I wasn't like. saying
0: there was none no, I just said yeah, like, I yeah, want yeah. to see more yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. a cemetery full of corpsing <laughs> <laughs> um, so into Tesco I think we covered this uh, fairly well in Manchester but the one thing I wanted to talk about was my favourite scene in the whole episode which I think Nick and I are about to come to blows because he hates this scene uh, Ooh. Oh, I I'm need to know more about this I thought you were talking about uh, the store manager I lo- Oh, I love no. that bit but yeah, that's, that's no, great everyone loves that my absolute favourite bit of Scissor is the bit where he is having a sort of verbal tug of war with the elderly lady trying to put her shopping <laughs> oh, on Oh, Nick's shaking his
1: head. I find it annoying.
0: Absolutely hilarious.
1: Okay, well, I will take a middle ground here. I think it's funny, but I think... The joke is a bit laboured and it goes on a bit too long
0: i think this is going to be one that we absolutely have to put on uh, twitter as some kind of poll if you go to twitter.com <laughs> slash partridge pod we'll give you four levels of funny uh, f- four mirth mirth ratings if you will and uh, we'd love for you to vote on how funny this so section your, is so adam is basically it's hilarious highlight of the episode tom is middle wow, ground wow
1: I, I mean are we marking this out of 10 adam is giving it 11 out of 10 well i'm thinking like adam is four four being very
0: good I'm one. One being not very good. So you guys have to argue the toss between two and three.
3: Where do you Where do you rate it?
1: Well, you've not given us much choice there. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. Know. Well,
3: you've you've already declared it's middle. Of the, it's fine. Yeah, but
1: that's not two or three. That's two point five. That's not an option you've given me. Well, round up, then it's three. It's stab. You've got it's two.
3: Three. It's three. Okay, there you go. Are you happy with two? Why do we only get one? <laughs> Why can't this we have the nonsense. same point?
0: Anyway, there'll be a poll up by the time you hear this. On twitter.com slash Pod. we'll have used maths and everything. Listeners, is it just me that understands this?
1: It's just a rubbish system. I don't like <laughs> it. Lost. I don't want to <laughs> use it. Jet's so us go. It is Jet absolutely is lost his mind. So There's
0: going to be two polls now. One is about how funny this scene is. <laughs> no, no, and then first, the second, second polling polling poll is... Let's get this right. The first poll is... Did the listeners understand what I was saying <laughs> no, when I said no, that we were get? Okay, well that's what the first No, part no, is. no
1: we we understand it. But so it's
0: l- giving us no choice. Effectively, Nick is asking for a second referendum. <laughs> that's what he's after, <laughs> and it's never going to happen. <laughs> Join me. Um, We talked a little bit in Manchester as well about the bit that uh, where Alan loves scanning, and he, he, in the voiceover he says, "Some said he was scanning faster than Tesco Life or Pat Bevan." But I yeah. just wanted to take that apart for a second because it's funny on about eight levels. <laughs> One, <laughs> Pat. He says Pat could barely conceal her rage. Uh, uh, firstly Pat looks cuddly as hell I mentioned that in Manchester yep, you did, you um, did. and not at all annoyed uh, oh, it's, fa- n- it's nothing short of rank indifference <laughs> yeah. uh, he describes her as Tesco lifer Pat Bevan lifer generally used to refer to a prison term not working in Tesco's. Oh, good point uh, Alan uh, associates scanning with unlocking the female part of his brain yep. uh, and demonstrates that with a shot of him looking vacantly happy uh, and, uh, <laughs> and when he says when he says some said he was scanning faster than Tesco life for Pat Bevan I think some said it is a direct translation of Alan thinks isn't yeah it? Yes, <laughs>
1: absolutely the, the the truth behind that is, nobody said. So you said your favourite bit uh,
3: is with the old woman not being able to understand what Alan's saying about putting cans back in the Absolutely. basket. Uh, just the whole bit of Alan scanning that whole sort of uh, section is my absolute highlight of this episode. It's so good. It's so brilliant. What I love about it, and I mentioned this in the live show, is that Alan has finally <laughs> found his true calling, something he's genuinely good at. Well,
1: it's well, also something that, he, frankly,
3: almost anyone could be good at. It's quite basic.
1: But, uh, he is good at it. Well, as as I did mention uh, in the Manchester show, if you see how quickly he's scanning stuff, he's not giving people the chance to actually pack it and get it in bags properly. I don't think that's a good scanning tool because he's fast. He says he's brilliant at scanning. (laughs) Scanning, he is good at.
3: He's not, not saying he's not good packing. about <laughs> he's in the packing area. <laughs> should be the whole process. Uh, though, I feel like
0: Pat probably has got the whole thing down. Oh, oh, Pat's not, an absolute. Yeah. I, w- I would, would never exactly doubt she that. She's a lifer. You remote. don't get to be a lifer without exactly navigating yeah. that. But deathly.
3: that whole bit where he's just going back and forth.
1: all right right Yeah, That's that that, that, so that is good. Um, but then I I did also also I did say this in Manchester. It, it turned a bit Pauline calf for me, which did turn me off it slightly as well. We could run another poll about that, maybe. It, uh, well, we've got two to run now. I believe it. We're My other about the Tesco bit and I don't know if anyone else caught this because it, it's one of the more subtle jokes of Scissor that underneath the voiceover you can hear him talking to a customer at the beginning so talking about um, Carol leaving him
2: oh, oh, yeah. so there, there,
1: are, there are a few I think for me some of the funniest bits of Scissor are actually what he's saying underneath the voiceover yeah I did think that um, when seldom ref- does a fart and when he attacks a sheep yeah well
0: and, and the reference with um, him going out with an old bag is that a kind of like almost Coogan gag or is that for, for Alan do we think it's like it's he's crossed over into some of his other characters yeah he also compares Checkout Lady's mental and physical dexterity to fighter pilots but presumably just to use a clip that he's got of fighter pilots flying over Buckingham Palace it's a bit <laughs> random that bit yeah there's it? no yeah. one I'm not sure about yeah. that. There's yeah. no other. I think that's again another that's reference it's his program he yep. wants to put a picture of some planes <laughs> yeah. in how can he do it yeah um, and also at the end he summarizes saying Tesco is just better than local shops <laughs> <laughs> An incendiary remark if do ever you, I heard do one. Do you
1: think uh, Sky took a bit of a bung from Tesco to... Well,
0: absolutely. Because... Do you conspiracy theories afoot from <laughs> well, Brooks? Two, my, my, my approach here is prong. One, I mentioned in Manchester that there's there's actually a short film made by Tesco with, yeah, with him oh, in it course, about yeah. this whole scene.
1: You're right, yeah. So they, they have used it fully as a promotional yeah, opportunity. And channel, I also yeah.
0: had a question uh, in my uh, in my notes here saying, could these scenes even have existed on the BBC given the rules about product placement? I don't think they could. It would have had to have been generic, generic supermarket, supermarket, yeah, which, yeah, which would have which you can do, you, you could have yeah, had test, but it. I think yeah. it would have damaged the realism of it to, to have it in a supermarket yeah. no one's heard of.
1: And uh, I can give a bonus fact uh, that well, this uh, this Tesco was not in Manchester, it was in Boreham Wood. Where's Boreham Wood in oh. Hertfordshire? Very close uh, basically yeah, yeah. outskirts of London because it is
0: quite random the fact that he's kind of making these um, comparisons to you know people working in sweatshops in Manchester to then like people now working in supermarkets that is quite a leap that's, but it's very yeah. in keeping but with it's, Alan, it's, though it's one of it? many yeah. leaps it's, that he's an... made to try and make no this no no, no documentary. I guess the point I'm making Th- that's is almost a joke isn't no no, it? no no but <laughs> I'm 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 agreeing with Adam that they've basically just picked someone that is essentially prepared to pay for product placement so they've oh, gone yeah. the supermarket but it could have been anything right. that was prepared it could have been to... like kind of any any high street anyone could have Put their hand in their pocket. Well, and I mean, could have yeah. been there. Given some of the other names that come up, I'm, surp- I, I, I'm surprised. I would, be, I would be surprised if they hadn't gone for Gregs originally and, and, and <laughs> Greg's been knocked back. That'd have been good. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh Yes. So then we go from Tesco to uh Shakira's house, I believe. Shakira. Shakira. Shakira.
0: <laughs> Presumably not her real name. No, they uh, changed her name right, to yeah. keep anonymity. But it's it's a regular theme, isn't it, across all Partridge output that he uh, makes uh, makes brave attempts to uh keep people's identity anonymous and then makes it absolutely obvious who they are. So. <laughs> Uh, what, was hey, the, was what was the one in uh, i'm adam partridge
3: uh, domingo from little oakley <laughs> that's right
0: yeah yeah who's afraid he may be okay, okay. yeah um, so he's done it again we talked about this in manchester yeah, in, in the establishing
2: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers
1: And up to twenty five percent off outdoor. That's up to twenty five percent off outdoor furniture at burrow slash acast.
0: Shots give away the number <laughs> of her house, <laughs> the street name, and and obviously her face. Yeah,
3: okay, I hadn't noticed that at all. But of course, like
0: you're showing basically where she is. Yeah, lives. Yes. so yeah. Yeah. good.
1: Uh, I, I did. I I did love the visual gag with the pixelated face and her face being unpixelated, but you could kind of see uh, it a mile off yeah, and of that course, was yeah. going to be the payoff. And, of and that the scene. accent, <laughs> yeah, 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 the really <laughs> Which is fabulous. blatantly Coogan, isn't it? I made
3: a note in uh, my research for this originally, thinking that as a little cameo from Chris, the actor, the place Chris Finch from The Office, because it sounds exactly oh, like it does that. Say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really sounds yeah, like Finch. And I was like, one of my notes was like, "Is that Finch?" And then obviously, with the, when the credits ran, was like, he wasn't there. But maybe uncredited. Be. I think it's Steve.
0: Coogan. It's probably yeah. Steve Coogan, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah.
1: Uh, and j- just the other thing, I had that I really love the the noddies that you have in this. So that's that's an industry term for Alan's reaction shots. So so as Shakira's talking, you have him sitting there nodding away. And in reality, you often do those when the other person isn't even there. But what I loved about that is that, again, that the editing doesn't quite work. He's kind of <laughs> the He's, looking, is all he's out. like smiling and looking really enthusiastic when she's telling him about how her life's been falling apart and stuff. Well, or he kind of yeah. um,
0: thinks that she might be about to say that she has to go on the game. Yeah. But again, like they they don't, <laughs> they they don't edit that or change that. They just just leave that in. Yeah, yeah. And that bit with the, uh, the, the 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 noddies going going wrong is is almost like the starter for the main course of his yes, interview with the, the
3: mayor, mayor yeah. later. Yeah, on yeah, exactly. And then Alan goes to meet uh, Kevin Ruddock from First Person Finance, uh, as we all know, played by Mr. John Thompson. Uh, yeah. I think this is his first appearance in any Partridge-related product in uh, quotation marks since his appearance of as uh, Joe Beasley in uh, No Me, Knowing You with cheeky. Cheeky, cheeky monkey monkeys. yeah
0: so. I, i'm excited because we will be talking about joe beasley and cheeky monkey in the iPartridge partridge coverage
1: any excuse for nick to talk about cheeky yeah. monkey hold again. it for now <laughs> hold it for now but <laughs> he's, he's coming back it's a guarantee nick's gonna go briefly mindless yeah. when yes we get to absolutely that again, isn't
3: it? <laughs> and i think i mentioned this in the live show that he's a genuine fan of alan's and the only one since jed maxwell
1: uh, yeah that i can think of yeah, well apart only from the people the that phone into mid-morning matters and stuff but.
3: although there, i did mention in the live show i think there's one person in norwich when uh alan is escaping the siege or something where they recognize when he drives oh, to right. the police station they're like, are you alan partridge and he oh, cuts yeah. them off and yeah. runs in so
1: in terms of meeting people on the street alan has three fans he has three people who yeah. know who he is and i would yeah. imagine with mid-morning matters it's probably rotating cast to about maybe 15 people that phone in yep. yeah
3: and are those three book sales do you reckon those people yes, account count for they, three books sales. It, yeah, right, it's our mission by the end of doing this podcast to account for all of Alan Partridge's book sales. <laughs> to be fair, I do like that Alan has to kind of like validate
0: that he's genuine. Because when he says, oh, I'm a big fan, he goes, oh, which bit you like? He's like, Lunchtime Lunar 6. Right, can we have a bit my, of speculation? Uh, that's
1: Alan's favourite bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> can
3: we have a bit of speculation about what, what
0: yeah, Lunchtime
1: what feature six is, is. is? so good. <laughs> Wait, isn't that just anyone that phones in? <laughs> good point, yeah. <laughs> that's the feature. Uh, I also, I, I love, it. I do really love this scene because I, I love alan starting off trying to be like this investigative journalism <laughs> yeah. doing the consumer rights show door stepping <laughs> yep. type thing and he's kind of running out of things to say apart from why are rates of interest so high and then it gets into have you always been flat-footed you sound like you're slapping a paper with two pieces of ham to you stink of toothpaste by the way have you just cleaned your teeth kevin roddick says he's not very good
3: at this i'd argue that he's not actually that bad
1: i don't yeah. know when when you're saying your breath stinks of
3: toothpaste it's like He's trying yeah, to get yeah. you, those people, when they do that, they're trying to get a rise out of people, aren't they? They're trying yeah, to get yeah, them
0: but to he's snap get, it, he is getting them. it wrong. Mate. I recognise what he's trying to do, but yeah. he's not doing a very good job. I mean, he only it. gets
1: it's like he's a not terrible out of him because he opens the boot of his car. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but,
0: yeah. yeah. but I mean, the, the the main thing is that uh, as soon he's as he's
1: not Donald McIntyre, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: as soon as there's the prospect of him making some sort of friend, he abandons the whole yeah. thing. And yeah, you yeah. just think he, like, let's let's think about the background of this scene a bit. He has got a professional camera crew, they've all rented equipment. I'd say he's got a camera crew. <laughs> camera crew, they've, they're from they've, tree, they've yeah. got they've got equipment. They've all had their per diems They've all had their call sheets for the day, and then uh, I think I think I think none of this probably exists. So okay. I think you've gone into way more detail, like, but, but but they, they haven't my got point, per diems My point is is that they've, they there's a lot of effort has been put into setting up this yeah, this okay, this attack, enough. if you like, and then the second he finds out this guy, not even a big fan, just listens to his show, yeah. abandons the whole conceit and then yeah. just gives the guy a little yeah, pat and, on the and car. He,
1: does, he doesn't achieve what he sets out to. <laughs> so he's like, well, just 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 think about it, and he's like, yeah, I'll think I'll. Definitely think about it. Yeah. You know he's not going to think about <laughs> it. And then he's just it. of... off. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> and with his DAB. So the next kind of locational setup for Alan is going to Hogarth Hall, but I like there's a little segue scene in here when he's telling a passerby about Seldom and he says, if you look him in the eye, he'll attack you. you know I just thought was quite funny. Presumably, seldom the sheep later violent. in
0: the episode looked him in the eye. Well,
1: you can
3: only imagine, yeah. Can we speculate a little bit about how Alan has come to own Seldom? Yeah, that's a good it, point. I don't, obviously, he hasn't had him since a puppy because we've been following Alan for years. Yeah. Is he a rescue?
1: Would Alan rescue a dog? Has and he inherited mention, it? There's no. no mention of Seldom in I Partridge. No,
3: <laughs> he
0: never really talks about dogs either. It's no. Or pets. It's quite, it is quite random. Yeah.
1: I also just enjoy a little aside that Seldom is essentially the same colour as Alan's jacket. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: and, and also about, about the same size as Alan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a very odd choice for a dog yeah. as well. I wouldn't have pictured that kind of dog with Alan.
1: But but also, little fun fact, it's the same breed as uh, the dog in Turner and Hooch, isn't it? It's a, a dog de Bordeaux, I believe.
0: I think perhaps he... The reason that Seldom is there is that Alan has been told... Through some broadcast professional, that having a dog makes you more likeable. Yeah, it is. I think think uh, it's a a conceit that he's (laughs) He's rented it. Or or,
1: or it's even, he's got to sell them specifically for recording this documentary. I genuinely think that could be. Yeah, that that sounds like going to set him
0: free on the railway
3: line. There's no bond or. (laughs) <laughs> there's no bond or connection with that dog at all he's no. scared of it he's not sure about it yeah. he doesn't yeah. love yeah. it at and all that, does
0: he that is a recurring theme of this of this of Scissored Isle really is sort of how many human interest stories can I crowbar into an hour into 45 minutes or an hour yeah, I think, I, totally
3: think I think Adam's nailed it yeah. Yeah. it's
0: Pat yeah. Bevan the lifer it's Carl pushing his trolleys it's you know someone gutted by payday loans it's going after the fat cats it's owning a dog <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not actually a huge amount to add at Holgarth Hall one thing I just wanted to mention was um, when when uh, Alan's uh, out amongst the sheep towards the end of this scene. He says, it reminds me of a chap earlier who wrangled a different flock, one made of metal and wheels. He's obviously back talking about Carl from Tesco's. I'm starting to think at this point, Carl is carrying the entire weight of this documentary on his back. <laughs> and do, you yeah. think, do you think Alan would have paid him any extra to be this much of a hook for the show? He doesn't even get the courtesy of an interview. No.
3: <laughs> also, his name's not actually Carl, is it? He's just assumed that his name's Carl. No, he finds out later. Edit that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or or don't uh yeah the the only the only other thing i had to say about the whole goth bit that i really liked was um the again it's kind of it's it's a great visual reveal that he's got shoe covers on so he's saying to him oh thanks so much for letting me be here of making me feel so at home and then yeah. shoe covers all i would
0: add is whilst adam said that uh, he thought that the um old lady scene in the supermarket was the strongest Twitter will tell us whether that's true or not. Uh, I just think this this kind of scene is probably the weakest part. of the Yeah,
1: show. I would mm. I would agree with that. Actually, it's kind of you could dispense with this entire scene and the show is still as yeah. strong as it is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's also probably where some of the more obvious jokes of the episode land. For example, when he's looking at a painting and says, "Oh, she's jo- gorgeous," and it turns out it's Lord Sebastian. You know? Like that's a fairly uh, yeah. that's a fairly standard. Gag. Then I
1: think there are there are a lot of obvious visual jokes in this in this whole show like uh, the pixelated faces or the shoe cover reveal and things like that I think there's a lot where you can you can see the joke coming a mile off basically
3: and you referenced in the live show I think it was you Adam who basically said is this just an excuse for uh, for Steve Coogan to drive a nice fa- fancy old yeah, car absolutely that. yeah absolutely does feel a little that way <laughs> and hang out in a nice old country yeah. mansion for yeah, the yeah, day yeah one thing I just wanted to discuss very briefly was uh, at the house party Alan references junky teenagers Ali Jones Zamo and Lynn's <laughs> nephew Tim Benfield yeah <laughs> one thing did we have an know that there was a, a Tim Benfield that Lynn had a, a nephew? This is the first no, that we,
0: we hear about it. We did discuss this in Manchester yeah. extend- this is the first we know. Yeah, yeah the
3: extended yeah. Lynn Benfield universe Um <laughs> <laughs> Zamo's obviously a reference to uh, Grange Hill Just Say No uh, which was a top 20 hit uh, in the 1980s one thing that I found out in doing research: the cast of Grange Hill actually went to the White House to meet Nancy Reagan, who was uh, obviously the First Lady <laughs> yeah. at the time. And there was a story about how uh, one of the cast members got stoned in the gardens of the uh, of the of the White oh, House. I,
1: th- I think I've heard that before. I just yeah. thought that was
3: quite no. interesting. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, there's been an interview with that with that guy since. Basically said, no, it was absolutely nonsense. It's one of the most secure buildings in the world. How the hell am I going to smoke (laughs) spliff in the garden of the White (laughs) House? This is
0: right at the height of the war on drugs as well. (laughs) Exactly. That's why they went there. So obviously, this has become
1: a bit of an urban myth.
3: Nancy Reagan was um, was fronting a war on drugs campaign, and they invited the cast of Grange Hill to the White House in 1986 because obviously they just released a song called "Just Say No." Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was a bit of an urban myth and proved to be absolute bollocks by the man himself. Mm.
0: But uh, interesting that that song was so instrumental. And now, obviously, as we all know, nobody takes drugs (laughs) anymore. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. that
3: war on drugs has been very successful obliterated
0: Zamo didn't die in vain (laughs) I think we covered the mayoral interview in depth in Manchester so we're going to skip straight to uh, Joel the freegan Um, a couple of things we missed out Alan relates a story uh, trying to relate to Joel saying that uh, he buys a half pounder from a burger van on the A47 Um, but do I finish the second patty Uh, for a second it looks like he's waiting for Joel to answer but then talks over him Uh, (laughs) but the real punchline here I think is how Alan disposes of it he places it in a coffee beaker I just pops it in the canal. <laughs> I love that he pops it. <laughs> I just thought it's more Carefully hassle placed. to find, like, to get to the canal than it would be just to chuck it out of the window of the ranger. Like, yeah. Or possibly even just find a bin. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it, yeah... It,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I yeah, think we yeah, can yeah, all agree yeah, that's yeah, the joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my only other thing to really add to Alan with the freegan uh, Joel, who is played by Carl Theobald. Obviously, Carl appeared not Carl, Carl, but Carl also appears in Alpha Papa playing Greg from Shape. Oh uh, yeah. yes, he does indeed. Yeah, yeah. See, if it wasn't for Chris Barry, we could have talked about that in Manchester, but we didn't have the time. Barry, sleep, sleep well, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's,
0: there's also a great, mi- uh, another great minor celebrity reference as we've come to know and love from all of Alan's out. the
1: Wombles no, no, no. Uh, uh,
0: when uh, Moira, Stewart? Moira Stewart filled her garage yes. with snacks during a low point—Pringles, Quavers, and Cheetos—and yes. and got scurvy, but she told Alan in
1: confidence. So, question to the group: What's your favourite out of Quavers, Cheetos, and Pringles? Let's do this now and not make it a Twitter poll. Okay, fine. <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll agree on that.
1: Do we all have to pick one each? Can we only lit, no? You can the just give the answer that you that you like. The Good. Most. I'm glad you're in charge yeah, of this. So not, this Nick. makes sense. Adam, Quavers, Cheetos, Pringles. What's it going to be? Cheetos always stab.
0: Oh, Cheetos, I think. Cheetos. Yep. It's got to be Cheetos.
1: Really? I would probably go... Don't Pringles. Pring- Pringles? Oh. They're the real. You've got a variety of flavour options They're cardboard. They're specific. not a real crisp. They're, they're just mashed yeah, they're together. Four. They're like a cake, aren't
0: Interesting they? <laughs> postscript to this story. Uh, Nick, Tom and I, uh, Tom Dark and I, we uh, all went to Boston uh, once on a trip and for about three days in a row, not only did I exceed the weekly recommended alcohol level, <laughs> but I also consistently only ate Cheetos for about three days, which is probably where yeah. the source of my uh, adoration is. I also lost lies. my passport in Boston. That was easy to get home. Not <laughs> is that uh, when I you all lived should... together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, you're invited. Should we oh, no, 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 no.
1: move on? It's when, to... we all, it's when
0: we all lived together and made a solemn pact that if one of us ever got tickets to the Alpha Papa <laughs> <laughs> premiere, we would all go <laughs> together.
1: Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had some other notes about when Alan is locked in the warehouse as well. Oh yeah. Um, that he refers to the security guard as having a chip on his shoulder and no qualifications. So yeah. Therefore, Alan is obviously terrified. So I just thought that it's a really nice summarisation of the character that Alan, always, he thinks he's a man of the people but he's actually shit scared of anyone from the working class, anyone that does manual labour. and like they, For him, they, they pose a very physical threat. A very real threat. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I also like the bit where he goes into a monologue essentially about uh, the charity and the man with the fishing rod. like, <laughs> what happened to the one I gave you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Google it! That is
0: very good, it's that whole so exchange good. is yeah. great writing. Completely uh, unprompted though, it's yeah. just Alan sat on top of a bin, basically going up on one Yeah,
1: Carl's K- really confused, he's like, when did this happen? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I also love uh, when there's uh, some serious, ominous tones as uh, a clock appears on the screen, turning from 2259 to 2300 hours, <laughs> marking the start of Alan's incarceration in the warehouse. Obviously that's an editorial choice that Alan himself was put yeah. in
1: yeah <laughs> he also refers to lynn as my bad assistant during yeah. this segment
0: <laughs> which well. i thought hey, this uh, this obviously predates uh donald trump's rise to power but the use of language is very similar lots of this was a bad thing like <laughs> lots of using one syllable seven year old words <laughs> to describe uh the events going on uh yeah he was supposed to have a snickers in his uh, fleece pocket but his bad assistant washed the fleece without checking for contents That's it,
1: yeah Lynn
0: now it's Um, just full of nut dust (laughs) (laughs) another favourite bit I don't think I mentioned in Manchester is there's a brilliant touch where the voiceover uh, he he finds some food and the voiceover says uh, he's found what I can only describe as a cross section of an egg and ham slice it then cuts to his on screen voice where he says it's what I can only describe (laughs) as a cat scan of a scotch egg yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I did clock that but, i um, didn't clock that yeah. yeah so it's different descriptions which again if he if he had better quality control arguably he could have made that make a bit more sense yeah yep. Yep. uh
0: are we now out of the warehouse
1: i think we're out of the warehouse are we
0: apologizing to marvin <laughs> let's apologize to marvin <laughs> sorry if you felt offended
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the only bit I had about the apology to Marvin that we haven't really talked about is that um he that Coogan gets some nice uh, David Cameron digs in here uh, as we reference Coogan is a big Labour supporter he refers to Cameron along lines of the pick incident we'll call it and uh, also tax breaks for big business so he's just doing a bit of a conservative baiting there.
0: Um, oh, a subplot to this. I think we've mentioned this before, but um, in a talk with Armando Nucci for The Guardian, Alan says that uh, in real... Uh, sorry, Alan? Steve says... <laughs> that the, uh, easy mistake to make. Uh, that the uh, the Inland Revenue investigated him, but uh, he had done nothing wrong because he always pays his taxes. <laughs> um, I also thought this was good because Marvin obviously doesn't turn up, but replies to the apology uh, with a sheep emoji. Um, that The premise for this show is that Marvin gives a shit whatsoever. Uh, uh, you know, Exactly. If Marvin doesn't care, doesn't the show is pointless. <laughs> yeah
1: that's a very good point yeah uh,
0: and, and also uh, when we move on to the hike Alan takes a load of disadvantaged youths hiking have have we met any of these people before no. were they the people they weren't even the people in the studio that's with the Marvin that's the street
3: gang
1: oh is it I did I didn't,
0: didn't clock that that's did the you? joke no, yeah, that's... I thought he just got a completely unrelated gang of young people <laughs> to just I, make I sure the, the show the, had an the, ending
1: the joke is that those are the only youths that he's basically got access to
0: I see okay <laughs> that,
1: that sounds a bit wrong doesn't
0: it but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean um, I think he's also only just discovered the sort of uh, slow motion forward and back editing which is why you see him plunged into the water yeah, yeah, then yeah. back out of the water then plunged <laughs> into the water then back out of the water yeah. uh, but as he says a woman i know who's a baptist <laughs> wept when she saw these pictures yeah. presumably lynn
1: did anybody spot so we're, we're getting to kind of like the the end of the episode and there's this kind of summary monologue from him and there is part of the montage he's dancing with a woman in what i would say afro in afro caribbean dress which does not feature in the actual program itself at all i missed that which again makes me think i there must be a lot of scenes that didn't make their way into the actual program
0: okay um and then he sums up at the end by saying uh, goodbye or should i say au revoir goodbye
1: (laughs) it's a weird ending isn't it why is he trying to yeah, I don't get I, it. I think yeah. he's
0: just trying to—he's trying to cover his bases. I he's sort of like does—he's like uh, goodbye, or you know, this is a lofty documentary. He's trying to make
1: himself come I across I as sound more yeah, yeah, yeah by
0: saying yeah. this, and then he—and he thinks, no, no, it's my audience. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's very clear, but at the end of this monologue as well, that it's always been about his career advancement because he says uh, he's certain to be welcomed with open arms by listeners, YouTube commentators, and sponsors alike. He's certain, <laughs> certain, certain.
0: Um, and the exit music is uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" as by a choir, which, yeah. I mean obviously you've got the real credits rolling at this point with Steve Coogan and the yeah. Gibbons Brothers names but I did think that is the sort of thing that Alan would pick as the meeting point between youth and wisdom isn't it like <laughs> the biggest alternative song of the last 30 years covered by a choir choral yeah, cool yeah, yeah, style yeah, yeah. yes
1: yeah. Um, so that kind of brings us to the end of the yeah. episode and I think actually covers all the talking points we that we kind of had because we ran out of time in Manchester because Chris Barry was basically sat at the side of stage tapping his watch Chris. I think essentially was what happened Um, so a question to the group would be what is your favourite scene or scenario in Scissor Isle I may as well go first I think we know what
0: Adam's is (laughs) it's absolutely the woman desperately trying to get her shopping through the till (laughs) and Alan having to basically coach her especially because it ends effectively with a standoff of a good five seconds and then he just looks at her and just goes
1: what are you doing
3: (laughs) (laughs) and we've established nick hates that bit well
1: yeah yeah, okay now yeah yeah uh, yeah. it's fine you hate it uh stab uh, 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 what's your particular highlight if you had to choose one my bit i think i mentioned earlier again from the the tesco
3: section is him just realizing that he's brilliant at scanning and that whole bit the exchange you want to help packing that's probably my (laughs) favorite bit i just think it's it's the way coogan sells it is just brilliant he absolutely nails that section
1: Uh,
0: Uh, I am going to go for the mayor scene. I think that's brilliant. I like the way that they kind of edit. They've kind of had to obviously edit that scene with um, additional VO work because he was basically hanging on the day from an ecstasy pellet.
3: It's actually very similar to that scene in... uh, Is it Welcome to the Places Places of My My Life Life, when he's in the swimming swimming pool pool. and he can't tread water? Again,
0: it's just uh, poorly done though. And obviously that's just testament to the production skills of Pear Tree Productions, the factual wing.
3: That bit's very funny in Welcome to the Place of My Life
0: as well.
1: I'm kind of torn between whether my favourite bit is the doorstepping, just because I really like how he's just aping the conventions of investigative journalism shows or whether it's just the whole being locked in the, uh, locked in the warehouse. It's, it's one of those two. But then that, that was kind of one of my overriding thoughts about this show is that I think each scene, each segment kind of stands so well in its own right. Mm. It's almost a bit like if Alan was in a sketch show, it's mm. a series of sketches. Yeah, isn't yeah, it, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. 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 Essentially. Yeah. Each of those segments is so strong that I, for me, this is one of the best kind of Alan pieces we've seen for, for quite a while. Um, although I, I guess all the the specials that have happened since what well, I Partridge have all actually been quite strong. You've got yeah yeah really uh, strong Places of My Life, yep. and Isle, yep. uh, Open Books, which I think is a bit lesser seen is actually uh, quite good as well. But uh, where where do we think collectively we would put this in the in the in the Partridge canon as it were?
3: Can I uh, talk about the IMDb score on? Please this? do please yeah. do. So um, it's rated eight point two from four hundred and sixty two reviews on IMDb. How do we think that rates as a as a score? To give that
0: a little context, uh, in terms of IMDb scores, that puts it above Alpha Papa, below Mid Morning Matters, above Welcome to the Places of My Life, and equal to Knowing Me Knowing You. Ooh, I think it's. It, it's better than Alpha Papa, I would say. Yes, I'm agreeing. I think I think it's higher. better than. Do you say Mid Morning Matters is rated higher? Yeah, Mid Morning. I think I think it's better than Mid Morning Matters personally.
3: Okay, okay. I would personally put this probably around a seven point eight. I think there are really, really good bits. I think actually rewatching it, I thought it was better than it actually is. Mm. I've gone back and watching. It, it's like, yeah, there's some really, really strong bits, some really good bits. There's also some bits that are quite weak. I but think.
1: I'd, 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 I'd agree.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: I, I, I kind of, I. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. Like, the first probably two times I saw it, I was like, this is amazing, on repeated viewing. Maybe because, yeah, the jokes aren't a surprise anymore. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it comes down to, like, the more you watch something and things like that as well.
3: Yeah, but we've watched Partridge so much, and I think those first two series of Knowing Me really, really held Mm. up. Whereas I think here... Like I said, there's some really, really strong bits, but I think like the bit in the country house, the ending is quite weak as well. I that think. is true. That so is I, true. Think, uh, I think it's probably yeah. about 7.8. One,
0: one, one thing they've, the, what, that Steve has said uh, is since the, the Gibbons brothers kind of took over a lot of the, the writing mantle the humour's become a bit more subtle. I mean, a good example yeah. of that is that how much of the humour comes out of the editing choices that I yeah, made. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, that doesn't always land as well. Whereas with Knowing Me, Knowing You, you can sort of see yeah, what, when they're aiming for a fair. punchline and it always lands.
3: And also, they don't really want to become a parody of themselves, do they? They don't want to be rehashing the old gags. I think yeah. they've mentioned in interviews around <coughs>
0: yeah, things like that. They're that not... very um, adamant to stay ahead of yeah, what a but fan that, would expect. That's what I yeah.
1: think is... I think one of the reasons I like this so much though is that I think every time you hear there's a, uh, there's a new piece of Alan coming you're like, oh God, what if it's bad? And I think they found a new, a new approach, a mm. new way to do Alan shows. I mean, it's a bit similar to Place of my life, but Place of my life is very grounded on all the Norfolk and Norwich type gags that we know as well. Mm. So to put Alan a bit out of his, out of his depth, out of his normal context and, and make it work really well because they, they could have spun this side. This could have been a, Small series idea, even with Alan doing a similar kind of journey that could have taken a longer multi-episode yeah. yep. thing, but I, th- I think it was right to make it a one-off special.
0: Mm. Yeah. So that brings us neatly to the end of our two-part Alan Partridge Scissor Isle special. If you've got any thoughts or comments about Scissor Isle or the Partridge Canon in general, get in touch: thepartridgepod at gmail It's at the Partridge Pod on Twitter, facebook.com slash the Partridge Pod, or on Instagram, it's at Monkey Tennis Pod. Join us next week when we're going to be cracking on with I Partridge. Uh, Alan's, uh, well, I was going to say first autobiography. It's arguable because there's Bouncing Back, which exists and doesn't exist. You know what I'm getting at. It depends what universe you're yeah, in. exactly. What timeline. <laughs> exactly that. Uh, don't forget, you can join us live. We're going to be discussing Knowing Me, Knowing Yule, and talking to Simon Michael the Geordie Greenall at London's Prince Charles Cinema on November the 22nd. It's a Wednesday, and you can pick up your tickets at com. Slash monkey tennis live, please do join us. We'd like as many partridge enthusiasts in the room as possible. join us Ooh, you're gonna
1: have a good time
0: and that is all we've got for this time. See you next week when we'll be talking I Partridge
5: from me and everyone at monkey tennis.
1: Goodbye au revoir, au revoir.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Hello Monkey Tennis listeners, producer Jed here. The guys don't actually know I'm talking to you, so whatever you do, please keep this under your hat as I'm going well over my word limit. I just wanted to say that if you enjoyed this podcast, and you probably did, there's much more where that came from, all on the Post Pop Podcast Network. There's a new series of Smegheads, which is out right now. Think of it as Monkey Tennis for Red Dwarf, but I'm allowed to talk, and there's a girl. There's also a new series of What to Watch on Netflix. It's like Monkey Tennis for Everything. If you've ever been stuck for things to watch on the streaming platform of your choice, let us think for you. we also see the Monkey Tennis host make frequent appearances to make sure I'm not getting any ideas above my station, and I frequently do. There's Empath of Least Resistance featuring Annie Hardy from the band Giant Drag, giving you life tips and original music. It's like Monkey Tennis for astral projection and crystals and stuff. It's actually really good. Last but not least, there's the Pilot Podcast, where the BBC's Rob Jelly and I fight to the death to work out what really is the best pilot episode of all time. It's like Monkey Tennis for shouting at each other that your opinion is really, really wrong, and mine is 100% right, and everyone agrees with me. Um, it's all happening on the Postpop Podcast Network, so subscribe, rate, review, and tell your mates. Jesus Christ, they're coming back. Quick, everybody act normal. See you at the live show.
4: Monkey Tennis? One part says Monkey tennis? You're a packing. This is an ecstasy pallet. Google it! Monkey tennis? Basically beef tea. Monkey tennis? Or what is a trolley money but a shepherd of the town? Monkey tennis? The better, more sought-after broadcaster. Seldom a pedigree chump. Although he only eats boiled eggs. Monkey tennis?